yeah, the exciting part. Da 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 da. <laughs> New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. And this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, who's annoying sometimes, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. <laughs> you, re- you may remember that last week Taylor made this big point of saying, I'm not reading this. I'm, I have, I'm doing it from memory. I'm seeing it in my mind. And right before she started, I heard this paper rustling, and I called her out on it. And um, so, yes, that's that was me being annoying. But she was just refreshing her memory before she turned the paper over and recited it without looking, right? Yeah, exactly, All Steve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're not going to annoy you with my annoyingness in the um, pre-show this week. We're going to get right into the show. Because we know this is going to run a little bit long. This is part two of a three-part series where we are culling away at a a lot of description to try and bring the essence of a piece uh, to the forefront and and really bring the beginning of this story to life. So we are – if you did not listen last week, we're picking this up sort of in the middle. Um, But if you did, you know exactly where we're at. And you also know that you can watch this on – Taylor's Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens, and you can watch along with what we're doing. That's right. O- over to you, Taylor. Thank you. So um, this is a piece by S.M. Fetter, who sent it into the show, and he's been writing for about six months, um, a little more in earnest, and this is a, it's noir, and um, his main concern was making sure that it really sets the scene and that we sort of get the character, a sense of who the character is. So in part one, which was essentially line editing to um, line editing for description, really, um, we eliminated about half the words of the piece. And his assignment was to take the piece and send it back to me um, with that sort of the essence and use that as his first draft. And we're going to do something a little different this time too. I'm going to go through this piece, the the rewrite and sort of highlight what I think are the main issues that I would want to focus on. And your challenge, you, the listeners, your challenge is to rewrite it for yourself. Now I'm not asking anybody to send this in. Uh, nobody's going to hear it but you. It's not a competition to see who can write it better or anything like that. But as we all know, there's a really big difference between seeing somebody do something and doing it yourself. It's like being in the passenger seat of a car when you're going somewhere. The driver is going to have a really good sense of place and know exactly the route. And the passenger kind of is, sort of has this vague, fuzzy idea of it. It's a completely different experience driving a car versus sitting in the passenger seat. And that's kind of what these shows are too. It's like being in the passenger seat. So with this episode, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat. I want you to take this material after we've finished going over it. I'm going to point out my issues. You're going to fix it. And then the next show, we're going to go over my fixes and you can see how yours compare to mine. 
not to say one is better than the other, but it's more a sense of how is the mind working? What's, what's the angle? Why are we doing it this way? And it's essentially practice for you. So I really do challenge you to do it. It's, it's, I know myself, and I know I'm not the only one like this, that whenever something says, go read this or come back after you've done this, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you just go right on and never do it. So don't do that. All right. So without further ado, here we go. And what I've done in this session is instead of marking it up with tons of comments that really clutter things and um, make it difficult to read through and see what it is, I kind of color coded it. Um, for my reference, and I'm going to be working off memory here, so bear with me. This is an experiment for me too. So here's how the new version reads. Rain pounded the asphalt like a drunken stepfather unleashing self-hatred against his unwanted child. I wrapped my jacket tight against my body as I walked down the pockmarked street. Savage broken animals lined against the crumbling brick vibrated with a disquieting energy, shivering from cold, from hunger, from the need that drove them. Most with eyes down and closed. A few conscious cast their eyes towards me briefly as I hunted the shadows for the face that brought me here before flicking away. Incoherent voices called out to me, guttural and alien, for money, for drugs. Now, I have to say that's a much better opening. And I like that Savage didn't start with Savage Broken Animals. Um, if, you can't, if you're only listening, I'm going to do my best to, um, to clarify everything. For those who are watching, we're going to start with yellow. Yellow is what I felt were either unnecessary words or, no, sorry, are what I felt could be reworded in a, in a stronger way. So it starts with um, the drunken stepfather leashing, unleashing self-hatred against his unwanted child. Possessives um, are something to avoid, his, hers, um, because when you uh, give something ownership, it takes it away from the reader. So my inclination would be to take out the his and change that to an, self-hatred against an unwanted child. The next word in this first paragraph that I've highlighted out um, for word issues is savage broken animals. Um, again, I just, it, it's a little too early for me to be calling human beings animals. Um, it, it just, it's dangerous. It, it can really turn off some readers. So I just highlighted that as a potential issue. Um, vibrated with a disquieted energy, disquieting energy, I feel that it's too wordy, maybe not necessary. And you could totally take that out. And you could say, you know, savage, broken, whatever, animals lined against the crumbling brick, shivering from cold, from hunger, from the need that drove them without that disquieting energy. Most with eyes down and closed. It's too many words to say, it's, it's unnecessary. So um, the next line after most with eyes down and closed is the few conscious cast their eyes towards me briefly. And then a few words, a, a, you know, a few clauses later says before flicking away. And the issue there is with the word cast, because when you, if, if we change 
the word cast to flick a few conscious, a few conscious flick their eyes toward me or something that is short and quick, then that takes away the need for the ad, the adverb, which is briefly, and it takes away the need for before flicking away. So um, that sentence has to be restructured to remove most with eyes down and closed and rewritten so that we can get it to the point, the punchline, without needing all these words to add on to what we're actually getting to, which is he's hunting for the face that brought him here, and there are um, a few con a conscious few who are glancing at him. So, so incoherent voices called out to me, guttural, an alien for money for drugs. That's all great. Um, I have it highlighted out in green, for those who are watching, words that can be completely removed because they're redundant. I wrap my jacket tight against my body. We don't need against my body. If you wrap your jacket tight or pull your jacket tight, what else are you pulling it up against? Um, I walked down the pockmarked street. It's uh, Walking the street is any directional unless you're specifically going in a certain direction for a story reason. So you can remove down. I walked the pockmarked street. And I have highlighted as in red is as big sort of no-nos is I wrap my jacket tight against my body as I walk down the pockmarked street. So when you use as as a sentence joiner, what you're trying to do is give the visual image of two things happening simultaneously and it does not work in writing. It, it takes away the power of those sentences. So we need to rewrite those sentences so that they don't say this is happening at the same time that something else is happening. Because when we write, everything happens in a specific sequence. If time could be spliced down into the most fractional um, segments, there would be an order of things. And that's the order you need to give it to the brain. I wrap my jacket tight against the body. I walk down the pockmark street, but that doesn't read well, so it needs to be rewritten. Um, the second one is the few conscious cast their eyes towards me briefly as I hunted the shadows for the face that had brought me here. That's, we need to rewrite it so that we don't have as joining two sentences together before flicking away. Before is a preposition, and prepositions in writing are problematic when they are... They're basically doing the same thing as as. They're trying to line up where characters are in relation to others in a space of time. And to have something read smoothly in writing, we want to have it where each thought, each action comes in a smooth stream and not jumbled together with as before, while, and, and so forth. So the next sentence reads... Heather, what happened to you, kid? I asked myself, what were you trying to escape from that was so horrible that this seemed like the better option? And I have that yellowed out because there's a part of me that feels that it could be written differently so that it's, um, oh, what's the word? It flows better. Like right now we have sort of a voice 
And then that voice, that style, before it even really gets a chance to get going, it's interrupted by the character talking to themselves. And it's essentially inner dialogue, unless the character is actually talking out loud. It's, it's inner dialogue. So it can be structured differently, perhaps with more impact or more power. And so I'm putting that out there for fixing. The next paragraph says, I nodded my head at a pair of officers parked off the alleyway. A bedraggled, rail-thin creature danced at the head of their car, barefoot, bandaged toes, kicking up waves in a filthy puddle. His voice warbled a tuneless call, a miserable simulation of music. The cruiser's headlights glowed in the mist, casting a spotlight on the pop star. His shadow cut long, unnatural shapes across the splintered ground. So um, in the previous episode, we talked about how when you nod, you don't have to nod your head. When you shrug, you don't have to shrug your shoulders because what else are you going to nod? What else are you going to shrug? So the, the tag on is redundant. So I've eliminated my head as, as need unnecessary. Um, a pair of officers parked off the alleyway. I, f I find that particular wording to be a little bit problematic for a couple of reasons. One is, if you put yourself in the eyes of the character and he's walking down a street if the officers are parked in the alleyway, how does he see them? How does he even nod to them? They're parked off the alleyway. So that creates a, um, a situation where you're almost looking at it like bird's eye view instead of through the eyes of the character. Also, I don't know if we call officers pairs. Like, we have a pair of shoes, but I think officers are partners or they're a team. So that's problematic wording. A bedraggled, rail-thin creature danced at the head of their car. And I um, commented out at the head of their car as completely unnecessary. We don't need that because of what happens later in this paragraph. So we could have a bedraggled, rail-thin creature danced barefoot bandaged toes kicking up waves in a filthy puddle. His voice warbled a tuneless call, a miserable simulation of music. The cruiser's headlights glowed in the mist. So, and casting a spotlight on the pop star. So if the cruiser's headlights are casting that spotlight on the pop star, then we already know that he's dancing at the head of their, the, the, their car. It's not the head of their car, it's the, the front. Um, so it's, it's unnecessary words in that, that paragraph. His shadow cut long, unnatural shapes across the splintered ground. The two officers laughed, clapping their hands inside the warm, dry environment. The driver's hand emerged with a cigarette clasped between his fingers. He waved it in front of his face, eyes aglow with a disgusting pleasure, and tossed it out the window, the monkey getting his peanut reward. I felt sickened by both displays. So the way that this paragraph opens, the two officers la laughed, clapping their hands inside the warm, dry environment. There's, um, there's a placement issue where um, it's just, it, it's not that there's anything wrong with the words. It's, it's the, the image that it, it gives of, um, 
I, it's hard for me to explain, but it's it's very it has a lot of levity to it, like cartoonish almost. And the way that the where the words are placed in the sentence, it's like they're clapping their hands inside a warm, dry environment. But where are the officers? Like that's the way that the words are in the wrong place. So the two officers in their warm, dry environment laughed and clapped their hands is more of what we're trying to get to. So I kind of have that highlighted out as just that um, the the words are just need to be reordered to make it actually read according to the image that we're trying to portray. The driver's hand emerged with a cigarette clasped between his fingers. I, I um, scratched out or uh, commented out clasped between his fingers because it's it's we don't need to know exactly where that cigarette is placed in his hands. He's going to either be holding it with his fingers or have it between his fingers, but it doesn't matter. And then the driver's hand emerged with a cigarette. I don't know that emerged is really the right word. And, and so I would be looking for a different word choice there. But we're looking for something like the driver's hand emerged with a cigarette, period, and then maybe emerge can be replaced with another word. I don't know. I'm highlighting it, highlighting that out. He waved it in front of his face, eyes aglow, and with a disgusting pleasure, and tossed it out the window. So I commented out for in front of his face, because unless him waving it in front of his face is like a specific gesture that means something, I, I don't know that it's necessary. So he waved it, eyes aglow, with, and then I took out A, with A, disgusting pleasure, with disgusting pleasure. And I think maybe the author added in the A to, to solve the issue of how do we know what this person is actually thinking. So I don't know. Um, he waved it, eyes aglow, with disgusting pleasure, to me, seems more uh, accurate and I don't know if eyes aglow is the correct word. There might be better words to put there. Maybe, maybe not. It could be that we end up keeping them. But it's just those are the types of wordage that can um, it can come across as a cheesy if if not done right. So I'm just highlighting it for attention and toss it out the window. The monkey getting his peanut reward. I felt sickened by both displays. And I, I highlighted out all of that. The monkey getting his peanut reward, I felt sickened by both displays because um, the words are good, but they don't read smoothly. So they need to be fixed. There, there has to be a better way to write it. And so I'm, I'm commenting it out. Next is the bum tried to catch the tumbling stick, but tripped over his own feet and crashed face first onto the street. So I highlighted out, highlighted out bum as, a, as red, as no, because in conversation with the author, um, he had mentioned, oh, I accidentally left bum in there a couple places, but this character doesn't see these people the, as humans. He sees them as animals. So I highlighted that out as much for him as for anyone. So that's why it needs to be some other word that is more derogatory. Um, the bum tried to catch this tumbling stick, but tripped over his own feet and crashed face first onto the street. So I highlighted out but because 
it, there's there's better way to word this than than using but as a way to um, to join the different uh, the different actions. I took out own. I, I'm like it's it's redundant. Tripped over his feet doesn't need to be his own feet because who else's feet would there be? And crashed face first. I think crashed might not be the best word for this because in this particular type of story, crashed is comical. It's not um, something you would expect in a dark, brooding sort of piece. So I think that crashed could be replaced with something else. He crashed face first. Face first is a cliche. That's redundant words. So I took out first and then on from onto so that it would be and crashed face to the street instead of face first onto the street because that darkens it instead of leaving it la 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 happy comical whatever then the next sentence says his bony fingers clawed at the ground broken glass and small bits of sharp gravel cutting straining for the cigarette and i um i took out his because we already know that we're talking about this person that's dancing the street. We don't need to say his bony fingers. We can say bony fingers clawed. I took out at the I took out at the ground, but maybe it could stay. I don't know. But it would be bony fingers clawed at or through broken glass and small bits of sharp gravel, cutting, straining. And then I commented out on straining for the cigarette. He waved it wet and mangled back at the officer. It's actually um, the reason why I did that is because cigarette and it, the cigarette, he waved it. It can all be compressed into one thought instead of having to spread it out over a sentence and the end of a sentence. It could say something to the effect of, um, you know, small bits of sharp gravel, period. He waved, he, he, um, you know, got the cigarette, whatever, and waved it wet and mangled back at the officer. So there's a way to compress that sentence, possibly. And I just highlighted it out as this is an area that I'm not sure is written as concisely as possible. The next paragraph says, I stepped to the wretch, taking out my World War II era Zippo, a parting gift from my deceased father. And I highlighted this out because, again, this is a situation where the words are all good, but they're ordered in such a way that it leaves sort of um, a not noir feeling to it. it. It has this like, la, 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 again, sense to it. I step to the wretch, taking out. So you want to have a sense of, I took out my Zippo, a parting gift from my deceased father, and stepped to the wretch. So that you're not having multiple actions happen at the same time, and it gives it a, a stronger, darker feeling. The battered lid flicked, up, flicked open with its distinctive click. It lit easily with the roll of my thumb, despite the rain. Now, easily is an L-Y word. It's, a, it's an adverb, and you, not like all adverbs are bad, but you want to avoid them as much as possible and use stronger verbs to supplement. So you don't need to use an adverb if you use a stronger verb. So 
the the sentence it let easily with the roll of my thumb despite the rain the words are okay it just has to be reordered to give the the sense of what it is we're actually trying to achieve and then it says i held it before his face dilated pupils stare deeply into the flame it's light dancing in the black pits the smell of cat urine wafted off his breath he put the bent cigarette in his mouth its crusty yellow scum crumbled off the corners of his wormy lips so I highlighted out um, deeply. That's an adverb that isn't necessary. If you stare into a flame or you stare deeply into a flame, deeply is not going to make that any better or any stronger. It's actually stronger if you remove it. Dilated pupils stared into the flame. And then I yellowed, I yellowed out, which is word, word choice, it's light dancing in the black pits. I think there's a better way to word that. Maybe it's um, light danced in his in the black pits or something. But it's just it's it's not quite right. The smell of cat urine wafted off his breath. He put the bent cigarette in his mouth. His crusty yellow scum crumbled off the corners of his wormy lips. We have a word order issue here. Um, how are you going to smell his breath? before he opens his mouth, that type of a thing. So it has to be reordered so that we can actually, um, it happens in, as it should. And then I highlighted out cat urine as um, word choice. I'm like, is that the best way to describe somebody's foul breath? I, I can't imagine what, how urine would get into somebody's mouth, but that's the the way and why cat urine specifically that's the word choice that the author used so i'm working with it but i'm just highlighting it out like that might it's just like a question mark if you could if I, if I was a cartoon character right now the dialogue above my head would be three question marks huh yeah and that's one of the things that when i read it it just took me right out of the story as i was reading it aloud even it's like cat urine really so you know, when I do my rewrite, I might leave it just because that's what the author chose to use and it's not my work, it's his. But it's one of those things that I would look at if if somebody, you know, take it under advisement is all I'm saying. Okay. He tried to steady his balance by grabbing onto me, but I dodged to ask. Hold still, I told him as I placed the fire over the end of his cigarette. He inhaled and breathed out a belch of smoke. Okay, so I highlighted, um, tried to steady his balance by grabbing onto me as possible word issue there. Like, why? it's the order of the words. Like, why is he trying to steady his balance at this point? Like, what, what happened? There's some action missing somewhere that got us from point A to point B. And this is this is where it needs to be clarified. Like something's missing. So he tried to steady his balance by grabbing onto me, but I dodged his grasp. I have dodged highlighted out as a possible uh, word choice issue because dodging again, uh, it, the, the visual image that comes with dodging is not one of control or severity or, um, you know, dark and hard it's one of Ooh, get away from me and so i don't think that that would be the best word choice to 
in part the image that we're trying to get here, which is get get your hand off of me type, you know, hardness, right? Hold still, I told him. I highlighted out as remove it as a no-no, told him, because we really try and avoid dialogue tags. And it should be hold still, I said, or maybe not even, don't even have to, to tell him anything. I mean, personally, I would remove the dialogue altogether. Um, and then we have, as I placed the fire over the end of the cigarette. Hold still, I told him, as I placed the fire. So the as has got to go. We, we don't need two actions happening at the same time. And so it has to be rewritten so that it's clearly one thing than another. He inhaled and breathed out a belch of smoke. I don't know how someone breathes out a belch. They belch and they breathe out, but you don't breathe out a belch. So that is a word choice issue. Um, he turned on his heels and bolted down the street, howling at the rain and waving the lit cigarette over his head like an Olympic torch. Startled junkies came out of their haze long enough to screech back before nodding back under the barbiturate spell. So the first thing in this paragraph is on his heels. That's a cliche. We don't need it. It doesn't add anything. Um, and actually, it's really hard to turn on your heels if anybody's ever tried it. He turned and bolted down the street. That's all we need. Um, startled junkies came out of their haze long enough to. We don't need the long enough part because that's adding extra time, extra words. We can just as easily say startled junkies came out of their ha haze and screeched back. We don't need we, the before is an issue. It's a preposition. It's, it's, again, trying to arrange the pieces in time and space, and that's not how it works when you're writing. So we'd want to remove before and either replace it with and nodded back under the barbiturate spell um, or something. But the before has got to go, and it has to be rewritten to, to get rid of that. And um, nodding back under the barbiturate spell Maybe it goes, maybe it stays. There could be a better way to reword it. Um, the, we do have a couple of repeats of words, screech back, nodding back. So that's something else that uh, we'd want to be aware of in a rewrite. The officers in the car gave me cold, hard stares, angry with me for ruining their evening show. The driver rolled up his window and raised his middle finger in full salute. The car rumbled to a start and peeled out of the alleyway, nearly knocking me down. The tires kicked a splattering of muddy filth onto my trousers and shoes. Those were the good guys. So I commented out in the car and gave me because we don't need to note the position of the officers. We already know they're in the car. And unless there are other officers somewhere else, we would use in the car to specify which officers we're talking about. But we only have one team here. So um, I also commented out gave me because that is redundant. Um, removing those two in the car and gave me, of course, now makes the sentence not work as is. It would need to be rewritten. But the officers stared at me cold and hard would be a stronger way of writing 
of writing it versus the officers in the car gave me cold, hard stares. The next thing I commented out as a no-no is angry with me for ruining their evening. We, we can assume they were angry with him for ruining their evening, but we can't say that they were angry with him because we don't actually know that. We're not in their heads. So what we can say instead is something like, I'd ruined their evening show instead of angry with me for ruining their evening show. So it has to be rewritten to make sure that we're not doing point of view mind jumping. The next thing that I commented out as possibly not the best word choices is nearly knocking me down. The car rumbled to a start, peeled out of the alleyway, nearly knocking me down. Um, I get in principle that the car came awfully close, but cars don't nearly knock you down. They either hit you or they don't. So if it didn't come close enough to hit him, then it didn't nearly knock him down. It came dangerously close. And that's where word precision really matters because the images that it's going to make in somebody's head is not going to be accurate and it's going to feel cheesy or cheap. And so those, it has to be rewritten to, to account for that. And then the tires kicked a splattering of muddy filth onto my trousers and shoes. I didn't comment anything on that part, but I think that it's a lot of words for saying something and it could probably be cut down and it could probably be conjoined with or used to replace the nearly knocking me down part. The next paragraph reads, reads as far as John Q. Public is concerned, this was just another powder town run down and dangerous, but the law applied here as well as here as anywhere. They were wrong. This area had been surrendered to the dredge of society, written off an island of anarchy into itself. The police rolled through for appearances. They did not engage. So I commented out on as far as that's, it's a rough way to start a sentence or a paragraph. And there might be, I put it in as a no-no, but I'm not sure that there's actually is a way to to write it without that, um, where it, not the way it is now, as far as John Q. Public, I would take away personally, and I have this commented out, John Q. Public, because it's a lot of words to say the public, and it doesn't add anything to it. It, it, it just, it's, it creates more work for the brain. So, Right after that follows the word concerned. As far as John Q. Public is concerned, it's a lot of words altogether to say to the public, this was just another part of town. Or to the average um, citizen, this was just another part of town. So we're trying to not make the mouth twist over as many syllables to get to the same point. And that's an area of this that needs to be rewritten. To, to account for that. The next part I, I um, highlighted out is the words are all okay, but I'm not sure that they're in the right order. And it says, this was just another part of town, run down and dangerous, but the law applied here as anywhere. Is something missing in there. It could just be a typo, but it's something that needs to be looked at. They were wrong. 
This area had been surrendered to the dredge of society, written off an island of anarchy into itself. The police rolled through for appearances. They did not engage. I highlighted out that whole part as word choices. There's something that needs to be done to it to make it read smoothly and not like it's just um, choppy stream of consciousness. The next sentence, uh, paragraph sentence says, as long as the problem contained itself to these few blocks, it did not exist. I highlighted out as long as. Same as as far as, but less problematic. It, we need to look at this and see if there's a way to reword that so that we're not starting with as long as. It may be the only way to do it, but we need to look at it. The next paragraph says, a cry for outrage only when the territor territorial lines were crossed. Crime that spilled across the border glued eyes to TV screens and was difficult to overlook. Or that greatest of human tragedy when a pretty white blonde girl disappeared into the murk and was not heard from again. So I um, highlighted out a cry for outright outrage because I think that there's a better way to word it, and I would work on that. Um, only when the territorial lines were crossed. We don't need the the. Only when territorial lines were crossed. And then the whole rest of this paragraph, crime that spilled across the border glued eyes to TV screens and was difficult to overlook or that greatest of human tragedy when a pretty white blonde girl disappeared into the murk and was not heard from again. This is good. It just needs to be worked to make it read and flow so that the brain isn't tripping over the images and it all is in the right orders. I hated being here. I'd spent too much time on these streets, running down bond jumpers, tracking dealers, and returning rich kids who'd lost their way back to their families. When the cops can't or won't do anything, Men such as myself are brought in to pick up the slack. It's my job. I do it. But that doesn't mean I like being here more than anywhere, anyone else. I'm still human, though it doesn't always feel that way. So I highlighted out, I hated being here. I'd spent too much time on these streets, running down bond jumpers, tracking dealers, and returning rich kids who'd lost their way back to their families, because I wasn't sure this is the right place in the story for that set of thought, that, that concept. Now, after I've gone over and done my editing and stuff, it very well may belong just here. But because we are trying to get the voice of, of this character, and that's such a powerful piece, I would at least search to see if there's a, a place where it fits with the cadence and the story, and it's non-interruptive, and see if it can go earlier. Maybe part of it can. I don't know. It's just something I would look at. It, it It's also quite fine here as well. When the cops can't or won't do anything, I highlighted that out just because my brain keeps tripping over it. Um, and I don't know if there's a better way to, maybe it's just punctuation, I don't know, but I highlighted it as a way to um, just to give it a second look. Men such as myself, such as myself is a really wordy way of saying men like me. And we're trying to limit the syllables the brain has to chew on to get to the point. So I would take that out and replace it or rewrite it so that it's not as um, wordy. Are brought in to pick up the slack. It's my job. I do it. But that doesn't mean I like being here any more, more than anyone else. I'm still human, though it doesn't feel that way. 
And that brings us to the close of the rewrite. Okay, we need to talk again about the homework assignment that you have for us. And are you going to be able to give me a copy of this with all the colors that we can post on the website for people? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so that will be at uh, the Taylor Stevens Show website, taylorstevenshow.com. You can also watch the video for this on Taylor's Patreon page, and we'll have a, a link to that on the website as well. And next week, what are we going to do? We're going to go over my changes, All right. and you can compare notes, and I can explain why I ended up doing what I did. And um, just because I do it my way doesn't mean it's the way. We have to keep saying that as part of the five-minute disclaimer. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I just want to uh, remember remind everyone that even though we post like the the text and stuff, this is copyrighted. Like the authors who send this in, they own this material. So I don't think anybody who's listening to this would ever lift these pieces off for their own use, but you can't use it for anything without asking the author. So when I say, um, you know, this is your homework, that's just for you in your home. It's not meant to go anywhere else because we did not get permission from the author for us to use it in a, you know, elsewhere. This is just for the show and possibly for Hack the Craft down the road. So I just want to put that out there that um, it's not free material. Okay. We will be back next week with the conclusion of this three-part series. Yeah, the exciting part. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>